Isaiah 42, verse 18 through 43, verse 21. These are God's words. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I sent? Who is blind as he who is perfect and blind as Yahweh's servant? Seeing many things, but you do not observe. Opening the ears, but he does not hear. Yahweh is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will exalt the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes, and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey, and no one delivers. For plunder, no one says restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will listen and hear for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for plunder and Israel to the robbers? Was it not Yahweh, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, nor were they obedient to his law. Therefore he has poured on him the fury of his anger, and the strength of battle It has set him on fire all around. Yet he did not know, and it burned him. Yet he did not take it to heart. But now thus says Yahweh, who created you, O Jacob? And he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt. Nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am Yahweh your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let all the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. You are my witnesses, says Yahweh. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me I. Even I am Yahweh, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed. And there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, says Yahweh, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? Thus says Yahweh, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, the Chaldeans who rejoice in their ships. I am Yahweh, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says Yahweh, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. 
Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. So far the reading of God's inspired and uh, inerrant word. Well, there is a spiritual pandemic. Uh, The nations uh, have made molded images for themselves. Uh, They have worshipped those who are not gods. Uh, And the Lord refers to them as deaf and blind. Sadly, however, uh, this is something that has also applied to Israel. uh, Because even though the Lord has sent them Isaiah, you remember even from the call of Isaiah, he would uh, preach, but they would have eyes and not see and ears and not hear. They would have hearts and they would not understand. And so the one nation that actually had the word of God was not being witness unto God, the one who is his servant. He says, my servant's the blindest of all of them. My messenger is the deafest, the most deaf of uh, of all of them. Doesn't mean God's word isn't true. It means God's word is true. And so verse 21 of uh, Isaiah 42, God exalts the law and makes it honorable. But, but what does that mean for Israel? It means that God brings what he said in his word to pass. And that Israel is exiled, that they are the ones who are this robbed and plundered and imprisoned people. Uh, just as when the apostle is dealing with the, uh, with the same issue in Romans chapter 3, even before we get to Romans chapter 9 and what has happened to Israel there. But you remember already in Romans chapter 3, there are unbelieving Jews and uh, does their unbelief uh, nullify or uh, indicate that the word of God was not having the uh, was not truthful and effective. He said, "No, let God be true and every man a liar," and that's the case here in Isaiah forty-two and forty-three. Not just the nations, but Israel who have Israel who have the truth of God are liars, even though God is true. So there's the spiritual pandemic. God is the one who is punishing Israel. According to his word, he says in the closing verses of Isaiah 42, and sadly, they were so dull to his word, so not believing him or his word, that they didn't even see that. So the Lord is poor at the end of the chapter of 42. He's pouring out the fury of his anger, and they don't even see or take to heart that they are being judged for their idolatry, that they're being judged for our sin. This is something that we should always remember. Uh, the flesh that remains in us has uh, an almost inexhaustible capacity for dullness towards God, and it is one of his great mercies. Whenever he gives us uh, any understanding of his word, any understanding of himself, any understanding of ourselves, he is graciously over uh, overpowering uh, that which is within us, the blindness, the deafness, um, dullness of heart that is within us. And it's something we should be continually asking him for. 
for spiritual sight, spiritual hearing, uh, spiritual uh, understanding. Uh, and the Lord then promises in uh, the opening verses of chapter 43, the divine cure for the spiritual pandemic. First of all, for Israel, uh, when he says in these wonderful verses, some of which have been uh, immortalized in the well-known hymn, How Firm a Foundation, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not burn. In this case, it's waters that are uh, that are analogous to the flood and God's judgment of wrath and the flood. It's fire that is analogous to hell and God's judgment of wrath and hell. He's talking about the exile. He's talking about the punishment of the nation for their own sin against the worship of God and the word of God that he had given them and he had not given to the other peoples. And still they turned to idols and still they were hard against him. But how great is the electing love of God that for the sake of those whom he is redeeming from Israel and for the sake of those whom he is going to redeem from the nations, that even in that water and that fire, the Lord will be with them. The Lord uh, will be restraining the uh, the extent of the punishment so that it is uh, it is unable to turn back his electing, redeeming purpose. Uh, and he's reminding them that this is really how they began as a nation. That what he did in world history at the time uh, with Egypt and Ethiopia and Seba, which at the time of the Exodus were the world powers, Egypt especially, what he was doing in the world powers was especially for the sake of his people whom he was redeeming, his people from whom and by whom he was bringing Christ into the world, his people unto whom he was giving his word. And so this tiny people who were not great, and they were not good. They were wicked in their hearts against God, and yet God saved them because it pleased him to do so. He saved them because of his electing love. And so he says, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. And so he says, I'm still doing that now. Here is Babylon, which seems so powerful, and they have overtaken Assyria. And then Persia is going to come and overtake Babylon. And he says, what I'm doing in the world is focused especially on those whom I am redeeming, not just from Israel, but even from the nations. Uh, Because not only is the Lord himself the only cure for the spiritual pandemic, his word by itself, just hearing his word, that's not the cure. That's what Israel had, and they're still blind, deaf, and dull. But it's the Lord himself blessing the word to the particular individuals upon whom he set this electing, redeeming love, just like we've seen uh, in Romans, especially uh, these last few chapters, chapter 9, 10, uh, 11. Uh, and so also the same thing, uh, the same thing here. And so he is going to uh, retrieve his people uh, from their exile. Uh, they are still uh, blind and deaf uh, in verse 8, but the Lord is going to make them witnesses. The nations can't be witnesses to God's grace and God's mercy. They don't have his word. 
And so the Lord is going to retrieve his people from exile and he's going to give them sight and he's going to give them hearing and he's going to give them understanding, but he's going to give them speaking. One of the reasons that he's redeeming those elect Israelites is so that they will be able to witness to the to the idolatrous nations of the world of the one who is creator and the one who is redeemer, the one who is the only savior of sinners. Uh, and so we are not only to look to the Lord to give us sight and to give us hearing, to make our hearts responsive to him, we are to look to the Lord to remind us that we exist or we're redeemed not only for his praise and for his glory, but also to be those who testify to the one true God, the creator, the redeemer through Jesus Christ. Uh, because those whom he saves, he turns into uh, his witnesses, his servants, chosen not only to know and believe and understand who the living God is, verse 10, uh, but to be able to uh, announce this uh, also to others, that there is only one God and there is only one Savior. Uh, they are to be, and we, having now been saved along with them, are to be his witnesses, that what he does, uh, no one can undo. Uh, and so we have this evangelistic duty. Uh, the world is very impressed with themselves. Babylon, the Chaldeans, verse 14, uh, rejoice in their ships. They say, aha, see, we can, uh, we can make it along on those seas, but uh, it's similar to, uh, uh, Psalm 104, where, you know, the, the seas are God's great creation and man, uh, is able to traverse them by his great ships. Uh, and then in the very next verse, Leviathan, uh, Leviathan is there and God makes him to play. Uh, and, uh, of course, Leviathan destroys a ship with a flick of his tail. Uh, and he's not, uh, intimidated by the sea the way men in their ships are intimidated by the sea. And here, a very similar thing then. The Chaldeans rejoiced in their ships, verse 14, but Yahweh, the Holy One, the creator of Israel, the king, what does he do? He makes a path through the sea. Uh, and he says, uh, he says now he closes off the section by referring back to the Exodus, uh, but referring to the, back to the Exodus as the beginning of his power. Uh, not just, uh, parting the sea in a temporary way, but, uh, making a road through the sea, uh, making uh, a road through the wilderness. He reminds us that man is this bruised reed that is easily broken, this uh, smoldering wick that is so easily quenched. The reference in uh, verse 17 back to the servant who is Christ, who is going to be so gentle in his great power. Uh, but he says, you thought it was a big deal when rocks gushed water for Israel in the Exodus, what God is doing in the ongoing work of salvation isn't just a little trickle of water from a rock. He can speak into existence a river of water in the, in the desert uh, and in the wilderness, verse 19 uh, and verse 20. He makes himself a people whom he is redeeming. Uh, and the greatest... Uh, the greatest miracle of all is right there at the end of verse 21. They shall 
declare my praise because ultimately after all God did for Israel did they declare his praise were they witnesses to the nations did they uh, were they those by whom the creator and redeemer in the seed of the woman Jesus Christ were announced to all the families of the earth who would be saved through the seed of Abraham did did Israel do that no they didn't they became idolaters like the rest of the nations even though they had the word of God and his worship and so God says, uh, ex- the Exodus is a reminder of my saving power. But don't look back to that and say, oh, if only God would do that again. No, he says, look forward. Look for, uh, don't remember the former things. I will do a new thing, he says in verse 18 and 19. And the great uh, conclusion to that new thing is that there will be this people whom he saves that declare his praise. And so it's very similar then to what Jesus says uh, when he says that those who believe in him will do greater works than these, you remember. Uh, Jesus having preached to many, uh, and yet despite uh, the great commotion and, um, uh, uh, and excitement in the multitudes, during the time that Jesus ministered on, on earth, very few genuine converts from his earthly ministry. Uh, and he says that greater things than these will be done by the apostles. Uh, and you see the multitudes have been brought in, and he's still doing that. More professing Christians literally on the earth uh, now uh, than there were in the first 19 centuries of the history of the church. Uh, through the missionary uh, explosion uh, since the middle of the 19th century and through what the Lord is doing uh, even now. And so he says, don't look back. There's a crescendo to the Lord's work in history. But understand that there is a spiritual pandemic in the world. Even those in the church need not just the worship of God and the word of God, but the God of the worship and the God of the word to give them sight, to give them hearing, to give them understanding. He himself is the cure. And when he saves us, he gives us an evangelistic duty uh, to tell forth his praise, not only unto him in worship, but unto the rest of the needy, guilty, uh, condemned world in witness. And so let us uh, let us seek from God that his spirit would convince us of our duty to worship and our duty to witness. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our heavenly Father, we thank you for this portion of your word. We thank you that what you said here came true. You did gather them from the exile. And even more than that, you did gather and redeem for yourself a people from the nations whom you make into worshipers and witnesses. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us not just your word and your worship, but the ministry of your spirit to bring your word home to our hearts. Forgive us and help us, we pray, for there is so much blindness and so much deafness uh, that remains in us. And we see even in this passage the, the weakness and the wickedness to which we are still greatly prone. But you, O God, are our hope and you are our help. And we pray that your spirit would make us worshipers and witnesses, worshipers unto you and witnesses unto those who need to be saved by you. Hear us, 
We pray, O God, in all of our requests, through the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen.